Thanks for checking out Lincoln Way Christian Church's podcast. And don't forget to also check out www.lincolnway.org for more information about Lincoln Way Christian Church. Now let's get right to it and listen to Pastor Jeff as he brings today's message. I, uh, didn't, I found out a few weeks ago that I'm going to be having some major surgery on my neck. I've got to get um, two discs fused together and, and I, it needs to be done and not looking forward to it. And it's going to be a fairly long recovery. And uh, so I talked to somebody who'd been through it. Steve Allen had been through it last summer, and I asked him, um, you know, what's recovery like and different things I was asking him, and I was asked him about driving. I said, you know, when can I drive again? And he ruined my day. Nothing personal, just ruined my day. He told me I won't get to drive for six weeks. Do, do, you, do you know what that does? That cages me. I, you know, I, I want my life to be easy. I want it to be simpler. And, and, and because of this surgery, my life has been going to be made more difficult in the recovery process. And then take away my car. I'm not 95 years old. I, I can already see the battle co- coming. See, see, there's something about our lives that we want things to be easy, don't we? There's something about it that, that we want an easier life. Um, have you ever seen um, the infomercials, you know, aren't infomercials sort of fun? And, um, and they promise easier life. I mean, th- think about if, as seen on TV, Salon Bronze, you know, because life, it is too hard to go outside and lay down for hours. We've got spray-on tan to make it, what, easier. And then, and then there's the, um, the Windsor Pilates. Oh, oh, if, if you want a body like Daisy Fluentes, okay, all you have to do is work out three times a week for 20 minutes. That's pretty easy, isn't it? Isn't that what it promises? Easy. It promises it to do easy. But my favorite is the magic bullet. Do you know what it says on the box of the magic bullet? It can do any job in 10 seconds or less. Rick, all you got to do is put those car parts in here, 10 seconds or less. Uh, boom, it's done. Fix the furnace, Bill. Stick it in here, 10 seconds or less. I mean... Ten, any job, 10 seconds. You want to make salsa, an onion, tomato, stick it in here, 10 seconds or less, and you know what you got? Ketchup. <laughs> I mean, we want it easier, don't we? I mean, really. I mean, there, there's something about living in the suburbs that we expect easier, that we expect life to be easier. That's the reason some of you moved from the city to the suburbs, right? It was going to be easier here. It was going to be less crime. It was going to be safer. It was going to be easier. It was going to be an easy life. Those of us who moved from rural areas into the suburbs, we thought that it would be easier. You wouldn't have to drive so far to the grocery store. You would have all your major fast food, and as many Italian restaurants as you could possibly ever want, all within five minutes. 
We want it easier, don't we? We want our relationships to be easier. We want our work to be easier. We want life to be easier. Life in the suburbs calls us to ease. But the Christian call doesn't line up. The Christian call is a, is a different life. I mean, we, 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 as a matter of fact, as Christians, we think that when we come to Jesus, life will be easier, don't we? We, we make this assumption that, that things will be easier once we have Jesus in our lives. It'll be safer, it'll be quicker. Whenever, as a matter of fact, whenever we say something's according to God's will, according to circumstances, know how I, I hear people say, it had to be God's will because it was so easy. He just plowed out a path so that things would be, things would be easy for me. How many times have you made a decision based upon how easy things would go that way? Because we assume that if it's easy, God's in it. But then you look at Paul, the apostle, and he goes to Jerusalem on purpose, knowing that it was not going to be easy, knowing that he would be put in chains, knowing that he would be taken from there to Rome to be tried and then eventually put to death. Don't say that to to a man like Jesus himself, who rather than taking the easy course, had no place to lay, to lay his head and went to the cross to suffer and die. When we look at the early followers of Jesus Christ, we see them, they did not embrace an easier life, but rather they embraced a harder life, a more difficult life. Isn't that strange? And yet we assume that being a Christian equals being, having an easier life. One of the things we learned this week um, at our perspectives class on, on world mission is that whenever the missionaries would go out, particularly in the 18th, 17th, and the 19th, early part of the 19th century and the, um, um, the 20th century, do you know what they packed their stuff in? It wasn't in crates, in luggage. They packed their stuff in coffins. Know why? They assumed that when they would go there, they would die there. So they just went prepared. Isn't that a strange call? Isn't that odd for us who, who live the suburban life and who are surprised by a life when it gets hard, when it gets difficult? Because we assume, because we live in the suburbs, that life is going to be easy, that life should be easy. a matter of fact, my life should be easier than it is. And we explore Scripture. And when we look at Scripture... We have to look and say, you know what? This whole idea of wanting an easier your life, I understand it, but it's not reality, is it? Life has its hardships and its difficulties. And whenever the hardship comes, we assume that God has backed out of himself from our lives, but rather he's there in the midst of that hardship and difficulty. He's in the midst of that relationship that's getting strained or falling apart. He's in the midst of that sickness that comes upon us for some unexplainable reason. It comes in us whenever that job seems to be falling apart around us. He is there in a special way. Very early in the history of the Bible, we can see that, that we were never promised ease. Matter of fact, easy life ended in the Garden of Eden. If you know the story of the Garden of Eden, it basically goes like this. God creates Man and woman places them in the garden. And before too long, it doesn't say how long, you almost get the idea that it's pretty quick, but I don't know. They end up having this discussion. Eve has a discussion with the serpent. 
to eat of this one tree. The only, wouldn't it be great to just have one command not to disobey? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be simpler? I mean, back then it was simpler. Life was simpler. In the garden, things were great. There's one thing. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Period. One command. Boy, I'd live large if there was one command. You know, ten's tough. One, pretty easy. But that's the only command they had to obey. And so God gave them this one command. Satan comes in the form of a serpent, talks Eve into eating of the fruit of this knowledge, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then things begin to fall apart. They recognize their shame. They recognize that they're naked. They recognize that, so they end up going off to the side, you know, and hiding themselves. And then God comes in the cool of the evening. Don't you like that? God comes in the cool of the evening. When everything is falling apart, God comes and enters into their world and says, Adam, where are you? And then, chapter 3, verse 16, if you turn there with me in your Bibles or look on the sheet, this is what happened. God speaks, he says something to the serpent, and then he says something to Eve. He says, to the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire for your husband will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. All of a sudden, The relationship that was easy now becomes harder, doesn't it? Childbirth, harder. The implication to me is child-rearing, harder. (laughs) Okay? I've never had a baby. I've just watched them being born. And then there's going to be a relationship strain between the wife and the husband. You see that? You see that? It's going to be harder. It's going to be more difficult. She's going to want him. He's going to rule over, and there's going to be strain because of that. You know that. that you know that. You know that. You know that. You know that. Right? You know it. Isn't, it, isn't relationships? Is relationships one of the harder areas of your life? Relationships with your children, relationship with other coworkers, relationships with your spouse. I mean, all those kind of things can be harder. And then he goes on, he says, and then he says to Adam, to Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life, and it will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. and the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since you were since. From it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Work's going to be harder. Work is not an easy place. It's just going to be harder. He says, you know, in the garden, I mean, he was given work in the garden before this. He said, you know, take care of the plants. Name the animals. Now there's going to be thorns and thistles. And I don't think God listed everything. I think then mosquitoes came involved, you know. For some of us, we do the, we're looking forward to some mosquito action because just because you know it's summertime and it's warm. Uh, you know, things are going to be harder. And so we see from this, from, from verse 16, that, that they're from the fall, that relationships are harder, and from the fall, work is harder. Two primary areas where we live and do life. Relationships and work, they're harder. And yet, because we come to the suburbs, because we moved out here, because we came to the same place, we expect those things to be easier. 
We expect them to be idyllic. We expect them to be like June and Ward Cleaver. The only problem they really had was Eddie Haskell. Okay? That was their big problem. And when the beef got a little squirrely. Okay, that's it. That's it. We expect the suburbs to give us this, and it doesn't. And so we're disappointed with God. See, in the garden, what made relationships harder and what made work harder? Sin. Sin. When we disobey God. How many, much of your relationships are strained because of sin on your part or the other person's part? Maybe it's a selfishness. Maybe it's um, right out, bold sin. doesn't matter. Maybe it's neglect, sin, but it makes the things harder, doesn't it? And, and what about work? Work's easier whenever we don't sin. It's harder when we do. Just makes it easier. Jesus comes. This is the Old Testament. Now Jesus comes, and, and Jesus is supposed to make things easier. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 9. And in this passage, it's really interesting that right before this, this, this discussion happens is that Jesus feeds 5,000 people. They're hungry, and he's going to make their life what? Easier, right? I mean, doesn't it? I mean, so, that, so, so these apostles, these disciples of his, his followers of him are saying, life is going to be easier. And so right from there, Jesus goes and prays by himself. So I want us to see what happens. It says, verse 18, it goes, Once when Jesus was praying in private and the disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? I'm surprised they didn't say McDonald. Because he's fast food. I mean, think about it. Kid comes, distribute. I mean, he's, he's, he's the food guy. And they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. And still others, that you are of the prophets of long ago that has come back to life. There's something special about Jesus. And then Jesus asks this question to them all. He says, but who do you say about me? What about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, the Christ of God. The Christ of God. Now, now I want to put, put you in this place here, guys. When you and I make that confession... See, the, the group of 5,000 didn't make that confession. When we make that confession, we are signing up for some stuff. Okay, there's a sign-up that goes along with this. And I wish I could say that I was going to call you and say that what you sign up for is the easier life. It'll be easier, it'll be simpler, but, 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 but the pathway through it is not an easy path. The pathway to the easier life is not the easy path. And so then verse 21, we begin to see Jesus strictly warned them not to tell anyone. Keep this silent. You've got to keep it quiet for a while. And then he said, the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man? Jesus. It's another name for Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's the primary way identification that Jesus uses to identify himself. It's the primary name that he uses for himself. He says, the Son of Man. Okay, and if you look at in, in Daniel, it's a, the Son of Man is very powerful, very mighty. Okay, he says the Son of Man must suffer many things, 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. And so in this passage, we see this is a very simple description of what's going to happen to the Son of Man, or four very simple things. What is going to happen? He's going to suffer. He's going to be rejected. He's going to be, when it means it says it means rejected, it means that he will be seen as useless. He'll be seen as a toss away. He'll be killed and he'll be raised to life. Now, those who decide to commit to the reality that Jesus is the Christ of God have consequences for their lives. Because he's going to move into that right now whenever he begins verse 23. And Jesus said to them all. Now notice that. Jesus said to who? Them all. And then he begins with, it says, if anyone would come after me. If anyone here in this room, if anyone, it's not just talking to the disciples here. He's not just talking to the people who don't live in the suburbs. He's not talking to first century Christians. He's saying that if anyone will make Jesus Christ Jesus Christ in their lives. If anyone, if anyone, if anyone. So if, you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have accepted him and you've attached yourself to him, guess what? This applies to you. If you've not, this doesn't apply to you. Doesn't apply. But if you decide that this is what you want, he's very honest about it, okay? If anyone, What does it say? He must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See? Deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow him. And and this is what Jesus does. First he he says, deny yourself. You know what that means? It means to say no to self. Now, you're saying, no, Jeff, I want this to be easier. (laughs) I want to say yes to to myself. I I want yes, not no. I don't want to be walking around saying no to self. I don't want that. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. My tendency is to say yes to self. And, And yet this is what Jesus says. He says, deny yourself. And he lays down this stern requirements of discipleship. That first of all, we say no to ourself. Not simply to the pleasures and possessions, but to self. That we take up, what's the second part? Take up our cross daily. It is the idea of being daily ready for martyrdom. Now, I don't know when the last Christian in the suburb was killed because they were Christian. Maybe it was the girl in Columbine. Maybe that was the last one. But it's saying, you know what? I'm going to die to self. I'm going to deny, I'm going to die on a daily basis. And, and you and I might have to live that out, and you may, might have to just simply say, I'm going to say no to self and yes to God on a daily basis. Say no to self and yes to God. And then he says, follow Jesus. See, being a follower of Jesus is not a weekend hobby. It's a full-time commitment. It's not something that we do on the weekends. It's not something that we do just part of the time. It's our whole selves. And then Jesus says this incredible thing. 
After he said, now you're going to deny yourself, you're going to take up your cross, and you're going to follow me, he says this incredible thing. He says this, he says, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? He says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in all of his glory and in the glory of the Father and of his angels. I tell you the truth, some some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And so Jesus here says, when you die die to yourself, what does he say that the reward is? The reward is what? Life. See, if if you you and I die to self and take up our cross and follow Jesus on a daily basis, guess what happens? We will experience life, true life, true life, even on the Sunday morning of the time change, that we can experience life that God has for you and for me. He says that you can have this. But guess what? If you try to save your life, if you do decide not to deny yourself, if you decide not to take up your cross daily, if you decide not to follow Jesus, guess what? You will lose your very self and your very life. Ooh. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't, it, this goes against our suburban want to, I, my life should be easier than it is. It goes it's against it. It goes against it, and it's a hard thing to hear. And yet Jesus says, if you want life that is truly life, you will deny yourself. You will take up your cross daily, and you will follow him. For see, then he says, not only will you have that, the second part of that reward is that you will see the kingdom of God realized in your life. You will see that God's reign and rule happening in your life. Whether it's easy or whether it's hard, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, whatever the cross is that you have to bear, whatever the difficulties that you have to go through, that you will see God's reign and rule in your life today. Experienced now. Not just in the pie in the sky, but now. The kingdom of God realized in your life. See, we think that the easy life is life. We think the way to get the easy life is through doing it easy. And Jesus says, no. Now, I want to tell you, one of the simplifications of this is, for me is that when I deny myself, when I take up my cross and follow Jesus, Life becomes simpler. Because you have one primary decision-making base. See, what happens is, is with the difficulty of the suburban life, is that we have so many agendas on our mind. There are so many things pushing on our decision-making process. Okay, what will my spouse want? What will my kid want? How will this make this person happy? How will this help the preacher? How will this, you know, I mean, whatever the decision-making process, how will this make me look at work? All those things become the, then they end up in conflict with one another, don't they? They end up in conflict. And so life becomes very difficult, very complex. And so we get burdened by this, a complex life that's not easy because of the complexity of it. 
But whenever we deny, deny ourselves, we say no to self, say yes to God. When you say no to ourselves, yes to God in all things, guess what? You have a primary decision-making base. And then you take it from there and you say, you know what? Now I'm going to live as Christ would have me live. I'm going to follow his way. And then from there, I'm a husband. From there, I'm a father. From there, I'm a mother. From there, I'm a wife. From there, I'm a worker. From there, I'm a, a, a soccer coach. From there, I'm, from there, I'm, from there, I'm, from there, I'm. Does that make sense? You see how the simplification is? Because what happens is when we keep putting something else up there and it keeps switching, keeps changing, keeps changing, no wonder our lives are complex. No wonder it's harder than it needs to be. Okay. So here's, here's, here's the thing. The pathway home is to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow Jesus. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow Jesus. This even simplifies your life with God. Because instead of God being this make my life easier type of thing, stick some coins in the slot machine, pull the trigger and say, God, make my life easier. And that's his primary task. You don't look at it that way. You see your primary task is simply this, to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow him. It simplifies even that relationship. Now, why can we do this? Why can you and I do this? Why is it possible? Again, I want you to go back to verse 21. Verse 22. Look at that verse 22. The Son of Man, what does it say? Must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. The reason that you can do it The reason that you can do it is because Jesus Christ did it first. And you simply follow him. That's why you can do this. And you know what? Those who have decided to do this, those who have decided to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow Jesus, you know what they'll say after they've done that? And they do it on a consistent basis day after day, is that they recognize that life can be easier. Simpler, more clear, less complicated, less of a struggle. So I want to call you to decide if anyone would come after me, Jesus says, they must deny themselves, take up this cross and follow me. That's what Jesus says. Do you believe that the one who did this rising from the dead on the third day knows what he's talking about? See, this is one of these times when you can say, no, no, Jeff, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying what Jesus said. And that Jesus says this. Do you believe that the guy who rose from the dead on the third day knew what he's talking about? Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that he knows where life really is? That he knows where the kingdom of God really is? Do you believe him? 
Because he suffered for you and he rose from the dead on the third day. And that's why we're going to be celebrating that on Easter Sunday. And it's going to be a great day. And I want you to just commit your side. He knows what he's talking about. Jump in. Do it. Follow him. For more information about our church, children's ministry programs, and student ministry programs, check out www.lincolnway.org.